investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 47 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Um, as you've all no doubt read and seen across many different media um, cycles at the moment, the market uh, in Melbourne, residential property-wise, is is going through a bit of a correction. Um, obviously, the uh, climbing interest rates that we're seeing are having a, a pretty significant impact on the market um, in Melbourne, but obviously across the state and across the country really as well. Now, different areas are having uh, uh, impacted differently. I know Adelaide's still ticking along reasonably well. Um, but yeah, certainly Victoria and Melbourne um, are uh, having a bit of a correction at the moment. But some of the regional areas are, um, are probably being hit a little bit harder and coming back with a bit more of a thud, and particularly those that perhaps had unexpected growth patterns over the past um, four to five years. Um, and that's generally when some of the regional areas have really soared in terms of values. They've done extremely well. And there's been two schools of thought as to why this is the case. Um, first one has been that it's Part of a, a general demographic shift away from city and metropolitan living, people have been drawn to the slower p- pace of living in a regional area. Obviously, the peace and quiet that it offers, um, employment opportunities are, are still are quite good at the moment. The uh, unemployment rate across the country is extremely low, so there's job opportunities in a lot of areas, and certainly greater flexibility as well. But the main thing has been the the um, the lifestyle and the opportunity to live outside and and enjoy more of nature. Particularly in Victoria, we've got some fantastic areas that um, that offer that lifestyle for people. Um, and if nothing else, one of my um, pet hates of metropolitan living and the benefits of regional is the lack of traffic that you get. So they're probably some of the main reasons with that demographic shift. But the other um, school of thought is that it was a one-off trend. Um, induced by COVID. Um, and obviously the, the lockdowns that we experienced, particularly in Melbourne, were, were pretty extreme and the limited mobility that we had um, across the country drew people to metropolitan, sorry, to regional living. Um, the fact that they, the lockdowns weren't as severe, but also even when they were, you still had the opportunity to get outside and do a bit more than perhaps what you did in Melbourne. Um, the increased working flexibility during the COVID pandemic, I mean, we had it beforehand, but it really got taken to the next level with um, with Zoom and Teams and all those sorts of wonderful programs that uh, everyone uses and have become second nature in recent times. But they certainly gave um, greater flexibility to people and certainly employers um, in many industries have, have been able to be and are more prepared to be flexible around working hours. And that certainly helped um, that regional trend as well. And, and finally, it's around the health benefits. Uh, the fact that you aren't, particularly if you're living in an apartment building, um, in a high-rise apartment building in Melbourne, living right on top of others, it's far more likely to um, to contract a, a disease like COVID. Whereas in the regional areas where there's a lot more space and you're not living on top of one another, um, people felt a lot more comfortable with that. So the question as a result of that is to What's, how sustainable has that those growth patterns been over that, um, that that period of time? And one of the concerns, I guess, from a sustainability perspective that we've had is the finite number of people wanting to move to the regions. Um, there's been a huge influx over that period of time, but I, the question is, is, is that sustainable over a long period? Um, and there are, there's obviously a reason why city living has so many more people and regional living is a lot quieter. Um, 
there's more people that do tend to want to have the accessibility and the opportunities that metropolitan living has. There's obviously more empl- uh, more employment opportunities. The lifestyle, albeit different, um, the accessibility to entertainment, things such as sports to go and watch, um, the arts that uh, particularly Melbourne offers, the culture, the musicals, the live music, all that sort of thing now that things are back up and running, um, really do draw people to, to metropolitan living. Um, and obviously for some, it's it's the proximity to a lot more friends because they've got uh, it's easier to access and family as well. So those are big draws for metropolitan living. But the other one from a, a population perspective and an increasing population perspective is immigration. Um, you generally find that immigrants, um, when they do move to a new country, prefer to go to a metropolitan area. It, it makes it a lot easier to assimilate because they're more likely to be able to find um, others from their country um, and who will have like-minded beliefs and ideals and it makes that move far more comfortable and easy. So particularly as a starting point, um, obviously many will want to get into the Australian way of life, but to start with, to make the move as easy as possible, being in a metropolitan area um, makes that that move a lot easier. Um, and then if you look at it during the pandemic, um, there really was a significant increase in population in those regional areas. And that was um, probably more artificial than consistent um, over an extended period of time. And that led to an increase in demand, not only from a, uh, a, a property buying perspective, but also from a rental point of view. Many people wanting to make the move and, and renting to start with meant that there was a significant increase in demand, but there was not a lot of change in supply because it was such a quick change. And as a result, prices, both from a capital value, but also from a rental perspective, jumped really significantly. Um, but in order, as I said, for that to be sustainable and for that to continue to grow at those sorts of rates, the regional migration needs to continue as well. But in fact, it's not. It's now starting to dry up. And we're starting to starting to hear a lot more that people are making the move back to the city from the areas, whether that's from a regional area or whether it's from interstate, where they've perhaps moved to as well, um, because it, it, it hasn't been or it now isn't what they need. Now, not everyone will do that. Many love the lifestyle that they've uh, encountered and have and will make the move permanent and stay put um, for good. However, many are also realising that it's not for everyone and that perhaps they do prefer the metropolitan style. Um, as an example, Melbourne's population growth is now certainly back on track um, to overtake Sydney. Uh, I think it's just after 2030. Now, this was delayed somewhat um, with domestic migration people moving out of Melbourne, but they're certainly starting to come back and we're seeing a lot more of those trends as Melbourne is a very attractive destination. Um, and immigration is certainly starting to come too. So the, uh, not just from expats, but from um, from other people who see Australia and Melbourne specifically as a, um, as a great spot to live. Now, it's really important the one thing that I would like to mention to is to distinguish some of the uh, the regional areas apart from the the, uh, the larger regional cities. So areas such as Ballarat, Bendigo, and Geelong, I don't typically not that they're metropolitan, but I don't typically include them as a regional area because they they offer many of the benefits and are far more sustainable long term. They're very close to Melbourne, so it makes that that journey really easy. 
Um, they've got fantastic services. They've got great infrastructure. Public transport is really good to get in and around not only the, the, the cities themselves, but also back to the metropolitan areas and the roads and accessibility is very good. They've got fantastic medical facilities, education facilities, all those sorts of things. So they are they can hold their own and they're a very self-sustaining. So they're not typically as... Um, uh, risky, I guess. Risky is probably not the right word, but um, they're not as likely to to suffer from um, a significant change uh, longer term. But so for many of those who have made the change and, that, and are starting to have second thoughts, it, it's really important to consider, I guess, what the um, the reason for the move or the purchase that you perhaps have made was in the first instance. So. Were you looking to make the move permanent? It was That was always the intention. Or perhaps were you looking at a short-term move just for during the pandemic? So you've purchased a property just for that period. Perhaps you were looking at it as just a holiday home um, or perhaps it was just an investment property. That was why you were buying the property. But it's in, important to analyze whichever one of those categories that you were in um, as to whether or not that's going to be the case going forward. So from a permanent move perspective, are you enjoying the move? Have you really achieved the goals that you wanted to? Are you getting the benefit of the lifestyle that the regional area you moved to? Um, and do you still want to be there? Are you really enjoying those sorts of things or have, have circumstances changed now? Um, if it was from a short-term move perspective, you're only ever doing it from the pandemic, are you happy to go back to the city? Or perhaps you really have enjoyed it, you've settled in well, and now you do want to make the move permanent. So important to, to um, ascertain where you sit in that space. Uh, and then to look at, well, has it served its purpose or could the money that you've invested in that property in that area be better used and better served elsewhere? Could you invest it in other areas? Um, if you did it from a holiday house perspective, um, was it just to be the short term or were you now going to use it as a holiday home on an ongoing basis? And are you going to get the use out of it? Perhaps now that international and domestic travel and, and movement is far more uh, readily available, perhaps you won't use the holiday house as much as you perhaps would have thought you would. And therefore, um, again, could that money be better invested elsewhere rather than having it tied up in an asset that you're really not getting use out of that you should? And if you had purchased as an investment property, um, Ideally, you've done that with a long-term um, scope. You don't want to ever buy investment properties on a short-term mindset, um, but you do also need to review things on an ongoing basis. So has the property achieved all that it will? Um, was the growth that you uh, managed to get over the pandemic period uh, likely to be a, a one-off and therefore it's likely to revert back to previous performance? Um, or is there scope for continued growth? Um, and are you likely to get good ongoing tenant demand as well? Sometimes uh, there could have been a, um, an influx of, of tenants, as we spoke about before, pushed up rental demands, but now it's starting to come back to earth because there's not that same level of demand coming through the town. So these are all questions that you really do need to ask and consider before making a decision one way or the other. It's As we said, it's always important to do your research and think about these things before just leaping head on in. And that probably brings me to my case study for today as well. Um, interestingly, I had a client that came to me um, just after the first lockdown in 2020 that we experienced. Uh, and they really wanted to buy in a regional town. They wanted to make the sea change. They wanted to make it permanently. Um, this client, he was he's self-employed. He's married with two young children who at that stage weren't at school. Um, but he was already working from home. That's that's how he that's what his job entailed. Um, 
but he'd always been a Melbourne resident, had um, born in, was born in Melbourne, educated in Melbourne, had travelled a bit, but had always reverted back to, to living in Melbourne. And by his own admission, he really struggled with lockdowns, just did not cope well with them, as many people didn't and none of us enjoyed them, but particularly this guy just did not enjoy the lockdowns. Um, so we had a, a couple of really long Zoom and Teams chats around what the objective was and what he could or, or should do in regards to property in this sense um, with their family home and, and moving. And he was pretty keen to buy something. But I convinced he and his wife um, eventually that they should just rent to start with, uh, retain their Melbourne home that they'd purchased um, and just rent it out and then see what happens. Now, I've, I've suggested that rental approach to many expats coming back from overseas before as well, um, just to make sure that you are moving or living in an area that you want. Because if you've been overseas, for instance, for five to 10 years, um, things could change dramatically over that period of time. And therefore, um, you just want to make sure that it is the right decision. Because as we always say, buying and selling real estate is very expensive. Um, so you don't want to make a mistake if where possible. So anyway, so they, um, they, he and his wife agreed, this uh, client, uh, and they found a, a really nice family home and, and made the move down on from a sea change perspective, and they absolutely loved it. Um, really enjoyed the lifestyle that it offered, the flexibility, the time that they got to spend with their kids. Um, it, it really, really helped from a mental health perspective, but it also just gave them a, a fantastic time to be together. Um, and then I got a phone call from him um, about mid last year, uh, and they were starting to have thoughts around whether or not they might like to um, to move back to Melbourne. They really enjoyed their time, but now that there was greater flexibility around, they wanted to spend more time with their family. I think grandparents were pretty keen to have them back in Melbourne. So we had, again, a couple of long chats around that. Um, and by Christmas 2022 last year, they'd, um, they'd made the move back to Melbourne, back in their home. Um, and we're very thankful that they'd um, that they'd retained their property, uh, not only because of the value and the equity that they'd been able to continue to build um, and and having that home uh, as the growth had, had been pretty significant during that two year period, but it also made the move back to Melbourne really easy. Um, they were able to um, serve a notice to vacate on their tenants, um, get back in by Christmas, and 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 make the move pretty pretty quickly and easily. So it worked out quite well. So it's just a matter of making sure that you do the due diligence and the homework before making significant changes around that to make sure that it's beneficial. Anyway, thank, that's about it for today. Thanks for joining me for episode 47 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, feel free to um, share the podcast far and wide on all social media outlets, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be, Twitter, um, with colleagues, family, friends. Um, and if you'd like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions. <laughs>